Well, let's pray together. Lord, we come today to praise you for the freedoms we enjoy in this nation. We praise you for the men and women who have made tremendous sacrifices for freedom. We praise you for those who continue to defend freedom. We're grateful to live in this nation and we pray that we might each have the strength to do our part to defend freedom. We pray especially for the leaders of this nation that they would defend the freedoms of all the people. We praise you most of all for the freedom we have in Jesus. We praise you that he has freed us from bondage to sin, from sin's penalty, from sin's guilt and shame. We praise you that we have freedom for eternal life and freedom for service unto you. We also pray that, praise you that we live in a place that's where we're free to worship you. We're also mindful of those who live in lands where it's illegal or dangerous to worship you. We pray for their freedom. And we pray that in the meantime, you would protect them as they choose to worship you despite the dangers. We pray for safe travel. And for the, all those who are out and about this holiday weekend, wait, Watch over each one and protect them. Watch over those who are sick and are grieving. We pray that they might have freedom from their illness and that they might be freed by the hope of the resurrection. Lord, we pray for each one that's on our hearts and we know that though we love them tremendously, You love them even more. So we entrust them to Your care. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, we're looking at John chapter 8, uh, verses 31 uh, to 36. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed Him, If you abide in My Word, you are truly My disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Well, symbols of freedom abound in our nation. In New York Harbor stands a giant copper statue whose torch is more than 300 feet above the ground. The Statue of Liberty was a gift to the United States from France in 1876, marking the 100th anniversary of our Declaration of Independence. And the completed statue was then dedicated 10 years later in 1886. Since then, the Statue of Liberty has become a worldwide symbol of freedom. 
The Liberty Bell in Philadelphia bears a timeless message. Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. What was originally a state house bell has been transformed into an extraordinary symbol and inspiration for abolitionists, for women's suffrage advocates, for civil rights leaders, just to name a few. In our own state, there is the site of the Battle of Yorktown, which in the fall of 1781 proved to be the decisive battle of the American Revolution. Though the war would continue on until uh, the Treaty of Paris was signed in 1783, the Battle of Yorktown foretold the end of British rule and the birth of our new nation. Of course, there's the American flag, which is a tremendous symbol of freedom. And there's the Declaration of Independence itself signed in July 4th, 1776 with grand language such as we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The symbols of freedom indeed abound in our land, and I've only named a few. And freedom is a concept that we dearly love. Unfortunately, freedom has become almost solely synonymous with personal independence. The ability to make our own decisions and choose our own path in life, and that's not all bad, of course. But it's become the the freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want, with whomever we want. But I want us to consider Jesus' teaching on freedom. When Jesus began His ministry, He went to the synagogue in Nazareth and he read from the scroll to the prophet of the prophet Isaiah, and he, he said in Luke 4:18, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, <clears throat> to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor." Then he declared that the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, which meant he was saying this scripture has been fulfilled by me. In our text today, Jesus said, verse 36, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. But is our freedom in Christ the freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want, with whomever we want? No, Jesus was not setting us free to do just whatever we want. He was setting us free to do what we ought to do. He was setting us free to walk with God in right relationship with God and to be the kind of people God created us to be. I want to explore that further by looking at what Jesus has set us free from and what He has set us free for. First, Jesus has set us free from the bondage of sin. For someone to be liberated, they first have to be bound. They have to be imprisoned. And that's exactly who you and I were. We were prisoners held captive by sin, held under the bondage of sin. Before Christ, sin was our ruler. 
Now, that doesn't mean that you and I were necessarily living a wild lifestyle. We may have been, but we may not have been. It just means our sinful nature held us captive. However, when we were regenerated, when we were born again, something beautiful and miraculous happened. We received a new nature. The old was gone. The new had come. We were no longer controlled by our old sinful nature. As Romans 6.14 states, Sin no longer had dominion over us. We are now, you see, under grace. We also now have the Spirit of the Lord living in us. We're free. 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When we're born again, the Spirit of the Lord lives in us. And we're free. We're no longer under the bondage of sin. Further, we're free from sin's penalty. <clears throat> Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Reverend Donald Grant writes in an article, let's be very frank here, outside of Christ, we all had an eternal death sentence. That's right, you and I were on death row. We maybe didn't know it, we maybe didn't fully understand the gravity of our situation, but because of our sin, we were on a path to be eternally separated from God. And that's really what hell is, is, is to experience God's wrath and to be eternally separated from Him. But praise God, the story doesn't end there. God freed us from sin's penalty. 1 Thessalonians 5.9 For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Sin's penalty is God's wrath and death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God is salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our death sentence is gone. The penalty we deserve has been paid by Christ and we're freed to eternal life. We're also freed from sin's guilt and shame. You know, when I was a kid, I, I did not want to disappoint my parents. I still do not want to disappoint them. <clears throat> my dad's been dead 30 years now. And when I do something stupid like I did this morning and failing to hit the, or the unmute button, I can't help but look up to heaven and say, Dad, I did something really bonehead again, didn't I? And I've told you this before, but when I was a kid, I would sometimes beg my mom to give me a spanking instead of having that I'm disappointed in you conversation. Why? Because the spanking only stung for a few moments. But there's a shame associated with that conversation, that I'm disappointed in you conversation. Well, that stung for a long time. Oh, mom knew what she was doing. Now it's true that some people feel very little shame. But I want to say that for many of us, shame is one of Satan's biggest weapons. Satan loves to drudge up our past. And some of you deal with that. He keeps drudging up your past and, and he makes you feel shameful and guilty and condemned. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm also dealing with a cold. But the good news is that Jesus has set us free from shame. 
Romans 10.11 says very clearly, for the Scripture says everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. When you and I have sincerely repented and trusted in Christ as our Savior, God has removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. And not only has He liberated us from our sins, He's also liberated us from the guilt and the shame of our sins. The issue is, we must believe that truth and let go of our shame. Beloved in Christ, we're forgiven completely. Sin, shame, and guilt are all gone. For when the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Now what are we free for? Well, we're free to live. We're free to live for God. We're free to have the love and the joy and the peace that only comes in a right relationship with God through Jesus. Jesus said in John 10.10, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. We can have an abundant life because we're in right relationship with God. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they hid from God. They were shameful. Their relationship was broken. But Jesus has set us free. We don't have to hide anymore. You and I can enjoy now a healthy relationship with God. We can enter into God's presence and confidence when we pray because we know God wants us to be there. He wants us to be in a right relationship and a good and free relationship with Him. God has set us free. The barrier of sin has, is gone. The curtain that blocked the Holy of Holies which marked the presence of God was torn on the day of Jesus' crucifixion. We are now free to be with God and to live with God. We are also free to live for God. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we're His workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Paul's already said in the previous two verses of Ephesians that we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith. And even that faith is a gift of God. But once we're saved, we're free to serve God. We've been freed from the sin that entangles us. And so now we're free to run the race that's marked out for us. Which means we're now free to bear fruit in our lives. And I want to come back to this in a sermon series I hope to do on the Farewell discourse in John 13 to 17. But there Jesus calls us to bear much fruit. Let me just read John 15 verse 8. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. The proof that we're born again, the proof that we're free in Christ, is that we're glorifying God by bearing fruit. And not just some fruit, but much fruit. What does it mean to bear fruit? Well, again, we'll come back to this, but it means at least three things. It means that we're going to have a Christ-like character. Galatians 5, we're going to have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It means that you and I are going to be involved in effective ministry. And that effective ministry is going to primarily be here in our church and in our community. And then in the context of John 15, because Jesus has just been speaking about prayer, bearing fruit 
is going to include answered prayer. And again, we'll come back to this, but what we're talking about here in answered prayer is, is answers to prayers that, ha- that seek to glorify God. Answer to prayers that, that seek after our needs and not our greeds. Remember again, we're saved by grace. And in fact, God has freed us from trying to earn our salvation because that's the pervert, like the proverbial hamster on a wheel. It gets you nowhere. We cannot be good enough or do enough to save our lives. But, but once we're freed, once we're freed from sin's bondage and its punishment and its guilt and shame, God has work for us to do. We're freed to accomplish the plan He has for His life. God has set us free to live with Him and for Him. I count it one of the great blessings of my life to be born in the United States of America. As Lee Greenwood sings so well, I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. The symbols of our freedom, like the Statue of Liberty and our flag, are tremendous symbols for me. I'm grateful to have grown up in an era when we pledged allegiance to the flag every morning before we started school. One of the great honors of my school years was when I, it was my turn, along with a friend, to raise the flag, the American flag, out in front of our school. So I celebrate that privilege tomorrow and remember the many sacrifices that were made for freedom. And I continue to be grateful for those who defend freedom every day. And I try to remember our blessings throughout the year. But the greatest symbol of freedom is actually the cross. For upon it, Jesus' sacrifice freed us from sin's bondage, sin's penalty, and sin's shame. By trusting in Christ's sacrifice, we're free to live with God and for God. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Has the Son set you free? Beloved, trusting in Christ is the only way to have true freedom. If you haven't trusted in Christ as your Savior and been set free from sin's bondage and penalty and shame, I pray today is the day of your salvation. Please, please trust Jesus. For if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank You for the freedoms we enjoy in this nation. I think most of us would agree that this is, the, is a place we're privileged to live in. But most of all today, we thank You for our freedoms in Christ. We thank You for freedom from sin's bondage and sin's penalty and sin's shame. Lord, help us live as free people. People who forsake sin and people who do not let our past rule our lives. Thank You for freeing us to live with You and for You. Thank You for the abundant life we have now and the assurance of life eternal. Thank You for work and service to do unto You. Thank You for the honor of being given that work to do. Thank You that we have the honor of serving to the glory of Your name. 
Lord, if there's one listening who does not know you, has never been set free by you, I pray that today's the day. I pray that just today that, that they might simply pray where they're at. Lord, I need to be set free. I trust in your sacrifice upon the cross. Set me free from the bondage to sin. Set me free from sin's penalty. Set me free from its shame. And set me free to live with you and for you. Oh, thank you, Lord. For if the Son has set us free, we are free indeed. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you today and forevermore. Amen.